live from the streets of Nashville, this is Indie Next by Firestone. With complete coverage of today's race, this is the IndyCar Radio Network. Live from the Music City, it's time to go racing for the Indie Next by Firestone. On the streets of Nashville, this is Indie Next by Firestone Grand Prix of Nashville brought to you by Firestone for conquering what's next, the official tire of Indy Next. Hello, welcome. Thank you for joining us on what is a very, very warm Sunday morning in Nashville. It is muggy, it is hot, but it is time to go racing around Nissan Stadium in downtown Nashville, Tennessee. My name is Nick Yeoman. Our driver analyst is Davey Hamilton. You'll hear from him momentarily. But uh, again, we're set to go for 35 laps for the future stars of the NTT IndyCar Series. Qualifying yesterday washed out due to weather. The uh, lineup set on entrant points, and that allows some fast guys to start up front. Jacob Abel's been the fastest so far this weekend, and Nolan Siegel is looking to turn his season around. We start with Ryan Marine and Alex Wolf down on pit lane. Ryan Marine's caught up with Jacob Abel. The fastest man in Indy Next by Firestone all throughout this weekend here in Nashville has been Jacob Abel. Unfortunately, qualifying got washed out yesterday, so the field is set by points. You start third, pretty good starting position, but I suspect if you had had a chance to qualify, you might have had a chance to, to fight for the front row. Yeah, you know, we were really, really strong all weekend, you know, pretty dominant, actually. So, yeah, to miss qualifying kind of sucked, but, um, you know, third isn't that bad. Um, you know, it, it just shows our consistency throughout the year has kind of put us there, and and, yeah, so, I mean, we've been faster than a couple of guys in front of us all week. So, you know, we're not going to rush anything, but hopefully we can, you know, get to the front and, and run away a little bit. You had a good race here a year ago until the very end when things went awry. But what did you learn there about where you can attack, where you could go on offense? Yeah, it's it's actually a long race in terms of Indian X races. I think 35 laps, which is uh, long for us. You know, it'll be 45 to maybe even 50 minutes. Um, so definitely just saving everything, saving, you know, myself personally. It's it's going to get really hot, really humid, um, saving the tires, saving the push to pass, and just making sure, you know, you have enough there for, you know, a late race restart or, or, you know, if you need to make a move there at the end. Jacob Abel rolls off P3 here on the streets of Nashville. Well, with lining up on points for today's Indy Next by Firestone race, Nolan Siegel lines up on the outside of the front row. I know a couple of results that maybe uh, weren't what you would like, obviously. What do you think about maybe trying to be able to put that away and, and aside and really get back on track late in this championship? Yeah, I'd love to. I think the street courses have been really strong this year, and, um, you know, I'm hoping that this will be another one of those weekends. So really looking forward to it, and I think we'll have a good shot at it today. And with the little bit of dry running you had on Friday, what do you think about this uh, street course in Nashville and the outlook for the race, uh, I guess, strategy-wise? Yeah, it's a super cool circuit. Um, race pace will be very important, as always. I think we'll be able to pass here. I think it'll be an exciting race. So, um, yeah, I'm looking to make my way to the front, and I think, I think we're going to have a good car to do it. Looking forward to seeing what you can do from the outside of the front row. Good luck. Thank you. That's Nolan Siegel. He'll roll off on the outside of the front row here today. 
Your points leader and pole sitter today is Christian Rasmussen. He brings a 22-point advantage into the weekend. And those two drivers you heard from, Nolan Siegel and Jacob Abel, second, third in points, that's where they will start. Uh, rest of the drivers in the top five in the championship. Siegel, again, 22 points back. Jacob Abel, 43 markers back. Hunter McElray, uh, still within striking distance. He is 46 points back, still looking for his first win of the season. And then Louis Foster, the winner in mid-Ohio, sitting at 53 points back. Those drivers, probably the only ones mathematically or realistically with a chance to win this championship, although there is still quite a bit of racing to go. This is round number nine of this 14-race championship after the race here in Nashville. It's a short little week before they go racing on Friday. It's a one-day show at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Of course, uh, Brickyard Weekend with the stars of NASCAR and IndyCar. And the Indy Next drivers get a chance to showcase their skills as well. Then it's off to uh, Madison, Illinois for Worldwide Technology Raceway, the final oval of the season. And then off to Portland and a doubleheader at Monterey, WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca. So this championship far from being decided. Again, this is a fantastic street circuit here in Nashville. Three good turn announcers going to help us uh, describe the action when they come down the front straightaway. That's not where they'll see the green flag, but there should be plenty of action, Mark Janes, uh, across that start-finish line into turns one, two, and three. Yeah, after they clear that uh, finish line, which is where it will be today, we'll call them to the switchback left and right, which is turns one and two. The approach to three is significant. Carrying momentum into this right-hander means climbing into the throttle a bit quicker upon exit. Then that trip across the Cumberland River. And when they reach the crest, they'll start downhill. And that's where Jake Query will walk up the field to turn number four. Thank you so much, Mark. The real trick of this area of the racetrack, talking about turns four, five, six, seven, eight, that sounds like a lot. But the reality is they all come very quickly because once they come over that bridge, and as you had mentioned, over the Cumberland River, then essentially it is a square that they make to the left going around a few of the buildings here in Nashville before getting right back onto that bridge and heading back over towards Nissan Stadium. So, Nick Yeoman, the reality is this. The area of the racetrack that I will be watching today, you heard Nolan Siegel talk about how there are good passing opportunities. There are, but this area of the racetrack comes just after and just before those opportunities. This is a more technical area where you simply have to bind your P's and Q's because that track is very narrow. You can get collected very easily if you don't manage to be very tactical in the way you manage this area of the racetrack. Yeah, there's no doubt. And after they fly over that bridge at the start of the race, that's where they'll see the green flag. And, Michael Young, you're going to have 19 drivers in Indy next by Firestone barreling your way for that very technical left-hander of turn nine. And Jake talked about the places that they won't be able to pass. This is certainly an opportunity for them to make big gains down in turn number nine as they come across the Korean War Veterans Memorial Bridge. They make their way down Shelby Avenue. That will be what the street will be when we go back to regular streets here in the city of Nashville on Monday, and then they'll make that left-hander onto Interstate Drive, and it is a 90-degree turn, a tough turn to carry speed through. You really need to be far driver's right to set yourself up for this turn to hit the apex, because once you hit the apex, and as we look at the rubber sitting on the track from all the racing that happened yesterday, you can really see they have to dive in and then let that wheel 
kind of slowly release as you gain momentum back down into turn number 10. They'll carry as much speed as they can through this area. You can make it too wide, but it's going to be very dicey, and certainly the person on driver's right will be uh, at odds, uh, let's say, because the person on the inside will certainly want to push them out, and that wall is right there, and it's all concrete, and it's certainly uh, very treacherous for drivers to make their way out of that turn. In any case, they'll make their way out of turn number nine. Fans starting to make their way to the seats, Nick, and then they'll come back into your view into turn number 10. Yeah, that uh, runoff down there in turn nine is wide for a reason. They carry a lot of speed down there, and Michael, we expect a ton of action. As you mentioned, once they leave turn number nine, you get to the squared-off portion of the course around the parking lots uh, just outside of Nissan Stadium. Turn 10 as a left-hander. That puts you on Russell Street. That is a very night, tight 90-degree uh, left-hand turn. It's another short straightaway where they pass the pit entrance and set up for turn number 11. That, again, a 90-degree left-hand turn. That's where yesterday an NTT IndyCar qualifying Scott Dixon caught the inside of the wall, shot back across the racetrack, and hit one of those very unforgiving concrete walls. And then a uh, quick stab of the throttle back across the start-finish line, a lap here on the streets of Nashville. Our driver analyst, Davey Hamilton, joins us. Davey, this is a racetrack that can be uh, unkind to drivers. We saw it in practice on Friday. Nolan Siegel hit the wall. James Rowe hit the wall. As we're 90 seconds away from firing the engines, this is a track that you really have to take care of those race cars. You have to pay attention, no question about it. Fortunately, I was out there this morning giving two-seater rides. Actually, the bumps are, are actually better. Some of the pavement that they've done here seems better. Turn 9 is tighter. There's no question about it. It's going to be interesting how that, how that races. The track's dry now. It looks good. It felt good, even though the rain washed a lot of rubber off this morning. I think we have a rubber up for these guys from the two-seaters. We gave a lot of rides this morning. It's going to be interesting to see how they handle the track today. Qualifying washed out, so now all these drivers battling for the championship. They're all together right at the front of the field. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, most of them bummed out. They wanted to, I think a lot of these guys, especially Matty Brabham, he ran two-seaters with us. He wanted to go in the rain. He was fast in the rain, and now it goes on points. Unfortunately, he's only made one race. He starts in that 15th position, thought he had a pretty darn good car. Now he doesn't know what he has because, if you recall, he had clutch problems in the dry practice. So he's going to be winging it. But, you know, when you got Rasmus and Siegel on the front row, it's going to be, you know, they're, they're the two points leaders, and they're for a reason because they're fast. They're going to be hard to beat. So you said the bumps aren't as bad no, as you remember I, I felt, yeah, they did some repaving, and, and I, it's actually a little better. The bridge is still rough, but everything else, you know, for a street course, it's not bad. All right, so set to go racing here on the streets of Nashville. Again, this is race number nine. Your points leader, Christian Rasmussen, on the pole. He's going to lead him to the green as it is time to go racing. Here to give the command to start the engines for the Indydex by Firestone Music City Grand Prix, Senior Manager Project Management for Bridgestone America's Troy Fakes. Drivers, start your engines. Here's today's Indy Next by Firestone starting lineup. Row 10. Francesco Pizzi, number 55, Vable Motorsports, from Italy. Row 9. Yuvin Sindramurthy, number 57, Able Motorsports, United States. Jamie Chadwick, number 28, Andretti Autosport, United Kingdom. Row 8. Christian Bogle, number 7, with HMD Motorsports and Dale Coyne Racing, United States. Matthew Brabham, number 47, Cape Motorsport, born in Florida, but raised in Australia. Row 7. Jagger Jones, number 98, Cape Motorsports, United States. Josh Pearson, number 14, HMD Motorsports, United States. Row 6. Rasmus Lind, driving the number 76, Junkos Hollinger Racing, and I'm from Sweden. 
Ernie Francis Jr., number 99, HMD Motorsports with Force Indy, United States. Row 5. Kevin Simpson, number 21, HMD Motorsports, United States and Cayman Islands. Victor Franzoni, number 75, Uncos Hollinger Racing, Brazil. Row 4. James Rowe, number 29, Andretti Autosport, Ireland. Reese Gold, number 10, HMD Motorsports, USA. Row 3. Daniel Frost, number 68, HMD Motorsports with Dale Coin Racing, Singapore. Louis Foster, number 26, Andretti Autosport, United Kingdom. Row 2. Hunter McElroy, number 27, Andretti Autosport, New Zealand. Jacob Abel, number 51, Abel Motorsports, United States. On the outside of row one. Nolan Siegel, number 39, HMD Motorsports with Dale Coin Racing, United States. And starting on the pole. Christian Rasmussen, number six, HMD Motorsports with Dale Coin Racing, Denmark. Today's honorary starting already in the flag stand, ready to wave the green flag is Will Robbins, the Director of Consumer Product Strategy for Bridgestone Americas. I want to thank all the folks from Bridgestone and Firestone and what they do, uh, not just for the NTT IndyCar Series, but of course the title sponsor of Indy Next by Firestone. Let's check in once again as cars are rolling under parade laps with our pit reporters. Something you're watching for, we start with Ryan Marine. Well, there are several drivers that are making their first start, either in the series or in the series for a long time here this weekend and one of them is Victor Franzoni he's with the Hunkos Holliger team for whom he last raced in this championship back in 2018 finished fifth in points had a win at Road America that year as well he actually won the USF Pro 2000 championship for Ricardo Hunkos back in 2017 but since that 2018 season at Indy Next he's been off in the racing wilderness by and large so much so he's actually been racing semi trucks in his native Brazil this year, but he got the call up to jump into one of these Indy Next machines here this weekend on the streets of Nashville for his old race team. That's a pretty cool opportunity for him, that's for sure. And because the field is set on entrant points, and he's driving a car that actually went to victory lane earlier this year in the hands of Matteo Nanini, he starts inside the top ten. It's going to be drinking from a fire hose, I suspect, in this race for Victor Franzoni, but he is a veteran. He knows the team well. I'm curious to see how he races from the ninth starting position. How about you, Alex Wolf? What do you have your eyes on? I have my eyes on the front of the field and the youth versus somewhat experience here in Nashville. There was one in the next race here. It came a year ago. And you look up front at Christian Rasmussen, Jacob Abel, Hunter McElray, Daniel Frost. They all have that experience here. But Nolan Siegel, Louis Foster, Reese Gold, they have not known what's going to happen in a race here. It could be wild. It could be chaotic. We see it year in and year out in the three years now, the Music City Grand Prix across all of the disciplines that are here. And so I'm watching to see if Rasmussen can take advantage of that in the title of fight against Siegel. Should be fascinating. Thank you, Alex and uh, Ryan. They'll be down on pit lane to walk us through and describe any of the carnage that we may see. And Davey, that's kind of been the name of the game here at Nashville. We'll all see some torn up race cars Yeah, today. you know, that just happens when uh, when you have a course this tight, 2.1 miles in length, so pretty short. Uh, we, it's still, I say it's it's still it's still bumpy. I'm just saying it's still worse than it's been. So it's it's you know sometimes these tracks with the the time on them they get bumpier and a little worse. But they actually did a really good job smoothing some of the areas out. The bridge is still bumpy, but no room for error. Really tight. A lot of one lane areas. Very few passing zones. So when those passing zones come available, you know these drivers are going to go for it in that area, and that's what creates the carnage. And that's really going to be turn nine. Turn nine they tighten up that entry a lot, and it's gonna it's gonna make 
a difference. You want to do a really late apex to be faster, but count on a lot of guys going three wide on entry trying to shut people outside. Back in the field making their way through turns two and three. The pace car has pulled off. That means the field is in the control of the pole sitting car. That is Christian Rasmussen, Jake Query. They're making their way back across the bridge for the final time at pace lap speed before they start to stack up in those familiar rows of two. And of course the interesting thing here, Nick, at the outset of this race is just because Christian Rasmussen is starting on pole does not necessarily mean his car is the fastest for this track because they're starting this way based on points as we talked about due to mother nature yesterday now through turn number seven goes Rasmussen Nolan Siegel Jacob Abel just behind a very tight area of the racetrack one where you have to be careful even when you are not at speed which the field is not now but they work their way through turn number eight that's a right-handed turn then they start to work their way back, Nick, over the Cumberland River and over that Korean War Veteran Memorial Bridge. They start to align, and it won't be long, Michael Young, before they come into your view. Getting set to go, the Indian X by Firestone Music City Grand Prix, and they have waved off the start. The field will make their way down into turn number nine, but they will go back around one more time. We see Christian Rasmussen at the head of the field alongside Nolan Siegel, Jacob Abel, Hunter McElroy. The field starting to stack up here in turn number nine. So, Nick, we'll try this one more time. Davey, you didn't like that. No, uh, as no. soon as they came out of turn eight, you weren't happy with yeah, it. Yeah, no, I, they had to slow down. I mean, that front row came off turn eight, and everybody stacked up. And turns four, five, six, seven, and eight, they're stacked up tight area. You have to come slow off turn eight. Get all back. Uh, you get them all stacked up on that straightaway. So their nose to tell coming over that long bridge for the start. And the front row just had way, way too much speed. And, it, you know, I mean, there were guys still kind of going in turn four, actually, when, when they're trying to get the green flag. So they got to slow down, let everybody get packed up. It's hard to do on these uh, tight street courses. But they're going to have that front row just stay side by side, but slow down. Christian Rasmussen worried about all those guys that could pile in yeah, to him from no, behind, I isn't mean, he? hey, when you're the leader of the race, you know, you want to get all the advantage you can. You want, you want to try to get as much jump as you can. But, uh, you know, for the original start, you know, for the fans and for, you know, everybody involved, you, for the fairness of the race, you got to get them, you know, lined up properly. So we will try it again. Again, Rasmussen and Siegel, that'll be your front row. Abel and McElroy in row number two. Row through row three, excuse me, Louis Foster and Daniel Frost. Reese Gold starts uh, to the inside of row number four along with James Rowe. Victor Franzoni and Kiffin Simpson in row number five. Jake Query, let's try it again. You can bring him to the green flag as they are set to go racing here in Nashville. Okay, so let's find out whether or not I was the jinx in saying that they were starting to align coming off of turn number eight. Right now, through seven, now into eight. Christian Rasmussen behind him, Nolan Siegel. Now they're starting to line up again, Nick. Question becomes... Does this race get underway as they start to work their way back over the bridge? Field looks good as they start, Nick, to exit my view. Yeah, we see the first four, now five, six rows, seven rows started to pack up. This looks a heck of a lot better. We are set to go racing on the streets of Nashville. It's the Indy Next by Firestone here in Nashville. Green flag is in the air, and we are racing, and it's Rasmussen, Michael, leading him into turn number nine. Christian Rasmussen has Nolan Siegel tucked up behind him. Then it's Hunter McElray. Jacob Abel will fall to that fourth position. Louis Foster, Daniel Frost, they go side by side. Field cleanly through turn number nine. All 19 cars making it through that left 
Tanner nice and clean. We see elbows getting wide down in turn 10. Daniel Frost is going to lose a couple spots as it looked like uh, not only Louis Foster, but Reese Gold got to the inside. Mark Jaynes, lots of side-by-side -side racing out of turn number 11. Yeah, the big winner, of course, uh, is the guy that's a point leader that started on pole. That's Christian Rashmus, and he's going to hold on to the top spot as they work their way through that little switchback. Already single file through the first 10 positions. Now they make that right-hander and start to cross that Cumberland River for the first time. So it's Rashmus and Siegel, McElray, Abel, and Foster, the top five as they head to jQuery. Reality is, is however that field forms by the time they come off of the bridge is likely how they're going to be when they go back over it. Just as I say that, though, we do have a pass. It is, in fact, Nolan Siegel who gives up a spot. That is Hunter McElray put him into the second position as the leaders already through turn number eight, talking about Rasmussen, working his way now back over the Korean War Veteran Memorial Bridge. It'll be curious to see how many of these drivers start using that push to pass as they come back over the Cumberland River. Christian Rasmussen, the points leader, heads back down into turn number nine. He will have about a two-car length. Check that out. About an eight-car length advantage over second-place running Hunter McElray. Nolan Siegel has fallen back to the fifth position. He's got, Louis Foster has gotten around him, so Siegel really struggling. He saw it at that wheel, Nick Yeoman, as they head down to turn number ten. Yeah, Siegel's really gotten drop-kicked on this lap. He was running second. He got passed by Jacob Abel to lose the fourth spot. And then moments ago, down there in turn nine, Louis Foster gets around him. So Mark James, our former points leader, struggling here at the start of this race. Hunter McElroy is fast, and he's also hungry. I mean, a couple of wins in 22. Five top fives and no wins this year. He's staying in championship contention, but would dearly love to get to the top spot on the podium. But as you mentioned, Siegel, the big loser. He's trying to keep Chase in that championship battle, but he has followed from second back to fifth as they roar back to turn number four. McElray with that solid start put himself into the second position now trying to hold on to it as a matter of fact Jacob Abel is going to give him a little bit of a push and able to make that move so far heading in towards turn number seven again leader Rasmussen works his way now off of turn number eight that means that elevation going back up over the bridge over the Cumberland River the leader Christian Rasmussen with behind him that duo of Abel and McElray. We really expected Hunter McElroy to have a breakout season here in 2023. Have yet to see him get a victory. Could that happen today? Well, Christian Rasmussen still about a second ahead of second place running Hunter McElroy. Then it's Jacob Abel in third. Louis Foster, Nolan Siegel, they round out your top five. David, Christian Rasmussen flat gone here at the start. Yeah, he is absolutely checked out. Almost three and a half second lead. Uh, we'll look at some of the stats right now. You know, you know, they didn't get to qualify, so some of the fast guys in the back. But on the move right now, Brabham's past four cars. McElroy's past two. Francis has past two. Jagger Jones has past two. And Foster one. So those are the cars actually moving forward. But still a bit of a challenge where they're back in that, uh, backed up in that field. Yeah, 3.5 seconds. The advantage already for Christian Rasmussen over Hunter McElroy, who is uh, at a strong charge from fourth to second. At the drop of the green flag, Jacob Abel's running where he started in third. Louis Foster runs in fourth, one of those Andretti Autosport drivers. And then it's Nolan Siegel. He's the driver that uh, really, Davey, had a rough lap there. They were using him up, getting around him. About made contact with Louis Foster down there in turn you nine. You know, and, and, and where he really lost some ground is where he hit the wall in practice. You know, he got just a little bit wide in the, in the corner and got in that outside wall in one of the practice sessions. Probably was just being a little conservative. And when he did that, it allowed McElroy to get underneath of him, which kind of left the door open for everybody else. Seems like he's on pace right now. He's running pretty good times. Right now, the leader at 122 that last time by. 
Second place at 123. So, uh, you know, he's a second a lap quicker right now. He pulls out to a 3.7 second lead. And all the action right now is kind of right behind Nolan Siegel, who again runs fifth. But then you've got Reese Golden sixth, Daniel Frost in seventh, James Rowe in eighth, Ernie Francis Jr. in ninth. Those drivers kind of all over each other into turn number 10. Let's go to Michael Young in turn nine. Yeah, for Victor Franzoni, he and Jamie Chadwick are racing down here at turn number nine. And Franzoni had to use the runoff, and that will drop him to the back of the field. Mark James, pretty good battle there mid-pack, watching Ernie Francis Jr., James Rowe, he's looking racy into turn one. Yeah, Ernie Francis Jr., one of those dick that had to be frustrated with the fact that we started on points because he was looking rock solid in that practice session. He was in the top five, as I recall, most of the time. Siegel and Gold, Frost starting to stretch their advantage out a little bit, but yeah, no question, the battle for the eighth spot, Rowe and Francis, but as I say that, Gold and Frost tightening up as they head back to jQuery in the battle for the sixth position. Yep, and again, this area here is one that just as I say that in turn number seven again move being made and this time it is Francis Jr. that's going to hold that position row all of a sudden right in front of them Kiffin Simpson tried to take a look but they managed to go back single file through turns eight and nine leader Christian Rasmussen already working his way back up over the bridge and he's got the advantage over Hunter McElray. And Christian Rasmussen sets up for turn number nine. He's flat. Like we had said earlier, checked out. Probably a four-car length advantage over Hunter McElroy. Then it's Jacob Abel, Louis Foster. I was thinking that Nolan Siegel was holding this pack up, but he's checked out four car lengths from Daniel Frost. Then it's a machine of Reese Gold in that battle we were talking about. Yep, yeah, and it's uh, Ernie Francis who just picked up a pass, Davey Hamilton. That was a great pass yeah. down there tonight. Nice run. He did what you were supposed to do. Came over that bridge, went to the outside, which was now the inside, to turn nine. Smoke the front tire just a little bit. That's not good. Needs to be careful of those tires. Still only 7 of 35 laps into this race. Made a nice pass on row. Next up to see if Simpson could do the same thing. So move Ernie Francis Jr. up into the 8th spot. And uh, Mark James, James Rowe's got to kind of gather it back together. He's got a hungry Kiffin Simpson. And then that white car, Matthew Brabham, sitting at 11th, starting to charge. Yeah, Simpson and Brabham, that's been a pretty good battle. We've been watching that for a couple of laps. It'd be hard to keep track. You need a program to keep track of uh, Matty Brabham. But he's a guy that's talented. He's on the short list of a lot of folks. He's tracking down Kiffin Simpson, who now is starting to draw a beat on James Rowe. So, Jake... 9th, 10th, and 11th, Rose Simpson and Brabham back to you. And just in front of that battle, Reese Gold had to lock him up a little bit through turn number 7. That allowed Ernie Francis Jr. to get right on his rear wing. So you could throw a blanket right now. Michael, about mid-pack. Once you get through 6 to about 12, those cars all very evenly spaced. And by that I mean the spacing is not very much. All right, we have the top five already making their way through. There's Daniel Frost. Boy, Frost really locks him up in that battle we are talking about. There's Ernie Francis Jr., James Rowe, and then Kiffin Simpson about, oh, two car lengths behind. But everybody looking very clean through this portion of the track. All single file, but still some good battles. Davey, Jake's got him coming one way across the bridge. Michael's got him coming the other way. And both of them have talked about drivers locking up tires. Yeah. Seems like it's really easy to do. Yeah, it's here. really easy. Now, one thing, track is good right now, but you got to remember, a lot of rain last night night, wash the rubber off this track and not a lot laid down other than just what a little bit we did with the two-seaters this morning and and so, you know, it's still, grip is, uh, you know, a little bit minimal right now in some areas and we've noticed all weekend that braking seems to be the most difficult point where they want to lock those front tires up. They do have brake bias adjustment in these cars. They can start rolling a little bit of front brake out of those cars to try to, you know, to keep it from locking those fronts, but you definitely don't want to get in a flat spotted. It is a 3.6 second advantage for Christian Rasmussen over Hunter McElray. McElray's got a solid three-second advantage over third-place running Jacob Abel, but that is where the action appears to be picking up. Jake
Jacob Abel, that Abel Motorsports car, starting to slide around. And uh, Michael Young looks like Louis Foster has put the target on the back of that red and white car. Louis Foster slowly but surely making his way to the front. It's calling a two-car length advantage for Jacob Abel as he makes that left-hander through turn number nine. Louis Foster really saws at the wheel. Back end nearly steps out and touches the wall in the exit of that turn. But as you said, Louis Foster on the charge trying to close in on Jacob Abel. Now that, again, is the battle for the final step of the podium, although it is super early, lap 8 of 35. But, Mark James, that's been a good battle as the front two continue to check away. Yep, Louis Foster, the rookie for Andretti Autosport, the mid-Ohio winner, has three poles on the season and really appears to have his legs underneath him, no doubt. He started fifth, picked up a spot over Nolan Siegel, and has ran off at flat hit from him. Jacob Babel is in the crosshairs now. The 51 and the 26 do battle for the third position. It almost looks like as they work their way into that 7-8-9 area and start to come down over the bridge that Foster might be setting up Abel and just waiting to pounce. They're in turn number seven, but again, as they go into seven, Abel able to hold off Foster, pardon the pun, working their way around eight and nine. This time, as a matter of fact, all of a sudden, that rear end stepped out on Foster just a little bit, entering into turn number eight. That might allow a little bit of breathing room for Jacob Abel. Jacob Abel running third. Car length and a half behind him. It's the fourth place running Louis Foster. Christian Rasmussen now sets up for turn number nine. That gap still about three and a half seconds or so. Hunter McElroy, boy, back end nearly stepped out. And here's that battle for third. Jacob Abel and Louis Foster is there down to a car length and a half. Jacob Abel makes his way down into turn number 10. And Nick, Louis Foster's on the charge. Yeah, he's going to try to set him up around these streets of Nashville. Louis Foster from England. Jacob Abel from Louisville, Kentucky. Kind of a home race for that driver. But the advantage is just a car length or two more. Mark James, they're back on the front stretch. Got to jump ahead, but briefly, Nick. Reese Gold is under attack from Ernie Francis Jr. He's not done after working his way around James Rowe. Kiffin Simpson, Matthew Brabham, even Rasmus Lynn stacked up in that battle. But back up, the battle for the third position. It continues to be a tight, but it's about four-tenths of a second. Jacob Abel trying to hold off Louis Foster now as they make their way to the crest of the bridge waiting for them to come into view at the bottom of the bridge. And when they do, once again, right on the rear wing is Louis Foster talking about on the rear wing of Jacob Abel, working their way now into turn number seven, call it a half a car length between the two of them. Now working their way through turn number eight, absolutely Abel knows that he's got to make sure that he hits every mark, does so without problem. Foster just behind him. Then you wait just a little bit. That other battle starting to now separate itself out a little bit. Francis Jr. now about a two-and-a-half car length gap over Reese Gold. Jacob Abel trying to hold off Louis Foster this time through as we talked about Abel having the fastest car in practice. Able to be a little bit quicker this time through. A three-car length advantage for Jacob Abel over Louis Foster. That's the battle for that third position. Oh, and Reese Gold nearly locked him up. Did lock him up. Almost ended up with the tires. He'll lose two positions. Yeah, tip cap to Mark James for uh, identifying that battle. Reese Gold really struggling. Davey, he lost the spot to uh, Ernie Francis Jr. Matthew Brabham gets around him. Now it looks like Rasmus Lynn's going to try to set him up into 11. Oh, it's tight down there. Yeah, he's locking the front tires up everywhere he goes. So he has way too much front brake bias in that car. Even when he's going slow on the brakes, it's locking those fronts up. It's flat spot. He's just going to keep rifling to the back of this field with the front tires being wore out. He just way, way too much front brake bias. So uh, Reese Gold tumbling. How about that battle for third? Jake Query down into turn number four. Battle for third right now has Abel with Foster just behind him. I thought Foster was going to set him up into turn number six and seven, but nice job for Jacob Abel to hold him off. 
working their way off turn number seven. But Louis Foster is right there on the rear wing. Started to look to the outside. Not enough room. Not enough to make the move into turn number eight onto the inside. So for now, Jacob Abel is going to hold off Louis Foster. But Michael Young, by the time they come into your view, Foster might be setting him up again. Louis Foster trying to set up Jacob Abel. The battle for the final step of the podium. Louis Foster will go around the outside. He will make that pass. But Jacob Abel not done. He's still on that rear wing of Louis Foster. Great move by Louis to get around Jacob Abel here in turn nine. Abel try to fight back into turn number 10. He's about a car length behind, but Louis Foster has looked faster over the last several laps, and now that he's made that pass, Mark James, he's extended it to about two car lengths out of turn 11. Meanwhile, the lead is 4.2 seconds for the leader, Christian Rasmussen, but this is very, very similar, Nick Yeoman, as you recall, to what Louis Foster did in getting that win in mid-Ohio. This is not for the race lead, but still an impressive way, uh, an impressive way to stalk McElroy and pick his spot and grab that spot. And uh, Davey Hamilton, we got to see well, a replay of that pass. It was a good pass, but it wasn't necessarily the cleanest in the world. Yeah, so he he did a good job, got it inside of Abel, got down. It's bumpy in that right-hander coming off the bridge, entering turn nine. Abel's car, it just you know, I think it just bounced a little bit, and he kind of turned, you know, caught him off guard, turned a little bit sharp, and they actually he ran his right front into, I'm sorry, his, yeah, his right front into the side pod, uh, Foster, but uh, didn't hurt either car, so they're good to go. But there was a little contact there. A lot of good action uh, throughout the field, not only at the front. But the mid-pack battle's been good as well. Kiffin Simpson and Matthew Brabham, they are slugging it around, uh, slugging it out around uh, the streets of Nashville. Boy, Brabham, rear end of that car stepping out. Let's get a uh, quick pit report update. Ryan Marine, you've seen our first driver uh, pit, navigate his way to pit lane. Looks like some kind of a mechanical malady for the newcomer, Francesco Pizzi. He is in, the engine is shut off, and the crew is now removing the engine cowling from the back of the number 55 Abel Motorsports machine. Still too early to say exactly what the problem might be. We'll follow up on that if we can, but a difficult debut for the Italian driver. Working lap 13 of 35 here on the streets of Nashville and Indian X by Firestone. Your top five, Christian Rasmussen, Hunter McElroy, Louis Foster, Jacob Abel, and Nolan Siegel. I'm Indy Next driver Josh Pearson, and this is the IndyCar Radio Network. Josh Pearson running in the 13th position right now here on the streets of Nashville. Everybody, though, trying to run down car number six. Our points leader, Christian Rasmussen, the advantage. Now Davey Hamilton up to a pretty healthy four seconds. I thought Hunter McElroy might be inching forward, and I think our turn announcers uh, kind of spotted that as well. But here over the last couple laps, it's been stabilized, and we see McElroy's really starting to use yeah, up those fire starting, Yeah, you just there's too much front brake blocking. We see that, and that's the nature of this course. It's heavy, heavy braking off these long straightaways. But Rasmussen's last lap, a 121.33. McElroy's a 120. Point uh, eight two, so he is gaining, but just slowly. I mean, it's a couple tenths a lap, then he'll lose a little. But fastest lap of the race, the last couple of ra- laps, has been third place, Foster. But we also seen the same thing. A lot of brake smoke are coming off those, or not brake smoke, but tire smoke coming off the front tires. Yeah, and again, the uh, battles mid-pack are great. Jake Murray, oh, wow. look at this stack of cars behind uh, Josh Pearson running in 13th. Uh, guys, just all over each other at that part of the racetrack. Yeah, and right in the middle of that, and probably wondering how it came to be, is Reese Gold with Jamie Chadwick just behind him. You could literally throw a blanket over those four cars. Chadwick got very, very loose, as a matter of fact, entering turn nine. Davey, one of the questions I wanted to ask you real quick is, this area of the track that I'm watching, it is virtually the same surfacing all the way around. But is that true? And, and by that, I mean we're looking essentially at asphalt in my area. But are there areas of the racetrack where it becomes concrete, where the grip changes a little bit 
as you navigate through an entire lap. Yeah, not just the concrete, but the new asphalt as well. So, like, for example, turn 11, this brand-new asphalt there, it, when it was wet, it was super slick. But now that it's dried out, there's actually a little more grip there. And But same thing with the concrete. Sometimes it adds a little grip. Sometimes it's less. So your area is pretty consistent, I have to say. Now, that corner, they tightened up the entry, as you can, as you can see. And it's, uh, it's a challenge and all these corners on entries and make sure you get it right. But, yes, I mean – surface changes when it goes from asphalt to concrete. It definitely changes no matter where you're at on the track. The IndyCar app powered by NTT Data is available for free to fans worldwide. Climb on board with in-car cameras. Follow along with live timing and scoring. And uh, some of you may be listening to it, the radio broadcast on that app. You can download it on the app uh, store today or Google Play. Thank you so much for joining us as we're getting ready for the Music City Grand Prix for the NTT IndyCar Series a little bit later today. This is Indydex by Firestone. It is lap 15 of 35. Christian Rasmussen, your race leader, he's bumped that advantage up now to 5.2 seconds over Hunter McElray. Louis Foster runs in third. He's a good eight seconds behind. Jacob Abel has kind of uh, found a nice spot to settle in in the fourth position, about six seconds ahead of Nolan Siegel, who's in fifth. That's where things get pretty interesting is uh, fifth place running Siegel only has a one-second advantage over Daniel Frost, and then it's Ernie Francis Jr. Mark James, you've been kind of watching that battle. It's for sixth. Frost trying to hold off a hard-charging Ernie Francis. Well, Ernie Francis Jr. started 11th, so he has a fast race car now early on to pick up a couple of those positions. He's been working over those brakes. I mean, a couple of those passes that we've seen, in fact, in front of Michael Young in turn number nine, really added brake smoke into the mix, but be that as it may, he's coming, so Ernie Francis Jr. wants a piece of Daniel Frost as they head back to uh, Jake Query. Yeah, and a little bit further right behind them, as a matter of fact, pass was just made on the track, and I say that, and that is Matt Matthew Brabham that missed in turn number five. He had, I believe it was uh, Kiffin Simpson that was working past him, and Brabham, as a result, got hung out wide, so he's going to drop several spots. But Nick, the leader's already working their way back over the bridge. Dave, you're getting a good look. He set him up, tried to get to the inside, and then what happened? Yeah, he set him inside and got down there and actually had a good run on him, had the line. Unfortunately, no rubber down there. Batty got down where they haven't ran yet, washed the rubber off the car or the track, and just locked his front brakes up. He didn't hit anything, but man, he, you know, he was gained. He was the highest. He had five positions gained, got up to the 11th position. Now he pumples back to 16th, lost five spots in that move. Yeah, that pass that he was making up Kippen Simpson would have moved him to ninth, and now he's tumbled all the way down to the 16th position. The good news is he got that car woed down, didn't get into the tire barriers, threw it in reverse, uh, but unfortunately, as uh, Davey pointed out, handful of drivers scooted to the inside to get around Matthew Brabham. So again, he now runs in that 16th position uh, here on the streets of Nashville. We've reached the halfway point. Christian Rasmussen has led them all, but we're watching a really good battle. Jake Query, let's pick it up. Fifth, sixth, and seventh. Siegel, Frost, and Francis making their way around that downtown portion of the racetrack. Francis, of course, the last of that trio, but it is not far behind, as you had talked about, the car that is two spots in front of him, talking about Nolan Siegel. But let's take more of a look on that Frost-Francis battle because that's the one that is really uh, close. Francis coming off of turn number eight, wanted to be able to set him up. Siegel got just a little bit loose in the front of this duo, 
Michael, coming into your view right now, talking about Siegel, Frost, and Francis. And last time through, Nolan Siegel nearly lost the back end of that car. This time, that car planted, but Daniel Frost under attack from the driver from Davie, Florida. Here comes Ernie Francis Jr., a car length and a half behind Daniel Frost. Yeah, it's pretty even separation out of turn number 10. Nolan Siegel running in fifth, about two car lengths over Daniel Frost. Frost's car's been sliding around, and Ernie Francis Jr. trying to run him down, Mark James, across the finish line. Siegel had a mid-season assault on his on the championship with four podiums and wins in Detroit and Road America. But since that time, it's been all Christian Rasmussen, and he has the lead of 4.6 seconds. Back to that battle now. Siegel in fifth. He started on the front row. Frost, Francis Jr., James Roan all now trying to keep pace as they head back across the bridge toward Jinquiri. And we got a car into the wall in turn 11, and it is Christian Bogle that's going to bring out a full-course caution. The front wing of that car is skew. In fact, he's kicking some uh, carbon fiber and parts all over the front stretches. That uh, front wing now drags along the racetrack. He tried to fire it up, and he couldn't get it to turn into turn number one, so he jams on the brakes to avoid the tire barrier. But the caution flag is out here at Nashville with uh, 18 laps complete of 35. The top five, Christian Rasmussen. Hunter McElray, Louis Foster, Jacob Abel, and Nolan Siegel. I'm Indy Next driver Christian Rasmussen, and this is the IndyCar Radio Network. Listen up, race fans. You know you can hear classic race broadcasts from our radio archives all week long. Just download the TuneIn app to hear all of your favorite NTT IndyCar Series races, including classic Indy 500s. It's now playing 24 hours a day, seven days a week on TuneIn. Davey, I uh, had a chance to see that replay. There's been a lot of guys trying to do exactly what Christian Bogle yeah, did. Yeah, it's, it's breaking under uh, off these long, fast straightaways, and they just are locking up the front brakes. And once they do that, the tires just start wearing out less and less grip as they go, which is going to happen anyways with just degradation of the tires. So uh, he just, he, he got into the tire bearer. Didn't hurt, doesn't hurt, no suspension bent, it doesn't look like, just the front nose wing. He was able to get it into pit lane. They have a new nose to put on it. They're replacing it right now. Looks like he'll be able to go again, but he's been struggling from, you know, about, you know, five, ten laps into this race after locking up them brakes a few times. They did not change those tires, so he's still going to have issues with that car turning. Yeah, driver from Louisiana, Alex Wolf has made his way to pit lane. And he has made his way to pit lane. They made a, a front wing change, and he's sent back out. They gave the car a once-over, so Christian Bogle, after that excursion into the concrete, is now back underway after some repairs have been made. Why wouldn't you change tires there, Davey? If you're going to be shotgun on the field, yeah. is he still in the lead lap? Yeah, he yeah, is. Either, I don't know, the, the, the allotment That's or true. the rule. I don't know the whole thing. Yeah. You know, these cars aren't scheduled to make um, to make pit stops, obviously, but I have seen him change tires. Sometimes you going to, I think, change uh, a flat tire, but I'm not sure. I, you know, i got to look back because they've changed the rules just a little bit for these drivers and these teams. But would have been nice, but it's a huge advantage, too, sure. over the other guys that if you just – what happens is – if yellows start coming out, guys come in and put tires on. They'll go back out, start in the back, and they have a huge advantage. So they're trying to keep them from making any kind of pit stop like yeah, that. Yeah, of course, uh, you know, budgets are always so very tight. you got to keep an eye on that So to keep the cost down. I think you're right. Uh, so we will restart this race here momentarily. Christian Rasmussen is your race leader. His advantage now gone, Davey. So uh, for Hunter McElroy and Louis Foster, who's looked pretty fast, a new opportunity now to maybe win a race here. Yeah. 
no, no question. I mean, he's caught up to him. McIlroy, as we talked about, started this season. We're going, man, is he going to clean house? Is he going to win every race? This guy's good from last year. He had really, really a lot of success. and But just hasn't happened, Nick, this year. Just hasn't had what we thought he was going to have. So um, right now is his opportunity. He's now caught up to Rasmussen. They were running pretty comparable lap times. We'll see whose tires last now. you got to remember there's 16 laps to go, be 15 laps to go when they get the green flag. Still a long ways. And tire wear is going to be important throughout to finish this race. It's running down the top 10 as uh, the pace car has pulled off and we're set to go racing. Christian Rasmussen, your race leader, he has led all 19 laps so far. Hunter McElray runs second. His Andretti Autosport teammate, Louis Foster, runs third. Jacob Abel is fourth. Nolan Siegel is fifth. Six through ten sees Frost, Francis, Rose, Simpson, and Lind. And that is where the majority of the action has been so far today. Jagger Jones going to line up in 11th. Reese Gold, 12th. Jamie Chadwick, 13th. 14th, Josh Pearson. And 15th, Matthew Brabham. Yuvan Sundaramorthy runs in 16th. 17th, Victor Franzoni. 18th, Christian Bogle. And then uh, Pizzi, the final driver on the grid, he runs in the 19th spot. Field making their way uh, down towards turn number nine. They're in the control of Christian Rasmussen, where he will begin to accelerate to restart this race, swerving back and forth, trying to clean up those Firestone tires as we are about set to go racing once again. Boy, the green flag's in the air. Bit of a disjointed start. Not sure everybody got the memo as they're dicing it up, going two by two. But it's Christian Rasmussen, Mark James, leading them down into turn number 10. Yeah, front four looked like they were in pretty good shape, although Jacob Abel is uh, giving thoughts to taking a look at Louis Foster. He worked around him, tried to work around him between 10 and 11, but decided to settle back in single file. Single file, in fact, all the way through the first six or seven cars, Ernie Francis again wants to pick up positions, not able to do it just yet. So... Rasmussen, McElroy, Foster, Abel, and Siegel, the top five, as they start to sort themselves out now when they crest the bridge. And when they start to sort themselves out from the far view, I can tell that Rasmussen's lead is grown just a little bit. Call it three car lengths over McElroy before they come into view here in this six, seven, eight area combo. Rasmussen got just a little bit loose off turn number seven. Everybody's single file. Best battle might be that of Nolan Siegel trying to make a move on Jacob Abel, but not able to do it just yet. Christian Rasmussen, the leader for Carlings over Hunter McElray. Everybody hits the reset button. We'll see who has what as we are again past the halfway portion of this race. And Christian Rasmussen back to about a three-carlic advantage over Hunter McElray. Then it's Louis Foster. I thought he'd be a little bit quicker, but Jacob Abel, Nolan Siegel, they're all there. That's the battle for third, fourth, and fifth. And Jamie Chadwick nearly tags them all in the exit of turn nine. Yeah, I'm with you, Michael. My eyes were on Louis Foster to see what he could do on this restart, and the answer has been not a whole lot as he is right there in that third position try to hold off Jacob Abel. Abel's got a, a ton of drivers hungry behind him, including Nolan Siegel, Daniel Frost, and Ernie Francis Jr. And Mark James, they're just picking right back up from where they were before we went yellow. Yeah, Siegel was the one that dropped by uh, like the proverbial stone at the start, and to that point, it doesn't appear as though the handling's been gathered back in because Daniel Frost now is... Uh, creating designs on that fifth position. So it's Rasmussen now by six-tenths of a second. He's starting to pull away a little bit, but Jake McElroy trying to keep pace now as they set up for turn number four. Yeah, and a little bit further back in the pack, it is Ernie Francis Jr. going to move inside of Frost. Frost going to drop a couple of spots, as a matter of fact. Rowe got past him as well. But the beauty of the race right now for Christian Rasmussen, who runs up front, 
is the fact that, Michael, a lot of battling has been going on. A lot of testing of the tires has been going on from the, say, 3-9 to nine area. But Rasmussen has been able to keep his tires and his car fairly clean to this point. But he has Hunter McElroy closing back in. It was a four-car length advantage. It's now down to about two-and-a-half car lengths. Louis Foster is checked out from Jacob Abel. Jacob Abel trying to hold on to that fourth position as Nolan Siegel's closed that down to a car length. But, Nick, Ernie Francis Jr. really on the charge. He is. He made a, a fantastic pass down in turn four to get around Daniel Frost. And now he's putting the pressure on Nolan Siegel into turn number 11. They're separated by a half a car length. Nose to tail, Mark Jaynes. Ernie Francis Jr. looking as aggressive as I think we've ever seen seen him and again he is plus five on the day so that tells you just how hooked up that race car is they make the switch back between one and two he's tucked right up underneath right up underneath the, the rear wing so maybe an aid of the draft as they scoot over the Cumberland River Jake Query he might be able to set him up by the time they get to turn number four this again is the battle for the fifth position Nolan Siegel has it Ernie Francis Jr. would like to get it setting up now through turn number six and Francis Jr. is right on on the rear wing is now they're going to go around that 7-8 area and Francis Jr. is waiting to find out if Siegel will make any sort of a bobble not does does not do it in seven setting up now right-hander turn number eight Francis Jr. again right there meanwhile Rowe is all of a sudden getting a good look at this battle as it takes place just in front of him Ernie Francis Jr. trying to reel in Nolan Siegel well, that broken wrist from earlier in the season looks to be healed for Ernie Francis Jr. Got it down to about a half a car length. Will he make the move into turn number nine? No. So that fifth place position still held by Nolan Siegel. Ernie Francis Jr. three car lengths behind. And don't look now, but the battle for the lead may be on. Christian Rasmussen has about a half a second advantage over Hunter McElray, but on the racetrack, Mark James, that's only about three car lengths into turn number one. Yeah, he's not able to pull away like he did at the start for sure. And we again noted that Hunter McElroy has five top fives. He had two wins last year. He's yet to get to victory lane. Ask him what it would take to get there. When we talked to him in Iowa, he said, I don't know if you have any advice at this point, I'll take it. Of course, I, I, I can't help him with that. But uh, he stayed in championship contention because of all of those podiums. And uh, boy, Putting a dent in that, getting back into contention would be huge, Jake, if he's able to get to victory lane here. And right now, Christian Rasmussen, again, you wonder how much of that is just the fact that his car has yet to be tested in terms of the tire grip. Hunter McElroy was very aggressive in the early stages of this race. Advantage right now, about four car lengths. Rasmussen, your leader, and then again, McElroy, followed by Foster, Abel, and Nolan Siegel. And we will see if the Aussie can get the lead, take it away from the Englishman. Let's they make their way down into turn number nine. No, Christian Rasmussen, two car legs over Hunter McElroy. Louis Foster starting to make up some ground as well, but that big battle's starting to rage again from fifth through ninth. They're all stacked up here in turn nine. Yeah, let's go back to that uh, part of the, the race, Davey. I mean, we've been singing the praises of Ernie Francis Jr. every week. It seems like he gets a little bit faster. This is as aggressive as yeah, I've seen no. him do, mixing up make it pass no question about it. this entire weekend nick i mean he's been on top of the charts as marcus mentioned earlier he's been fast all weekend he's been aggressive he's been smooth looks great and moving up he's he's gained five positions in this race um missed some races because of broken wrists he's back at points just a little bit but this is helping his points championship you know slowly climbing back up to where he needs to be not going to win the championship but you know he's going to give it a run right now he's in that ninth position gained one spot in the points but you're right he he is on the tail of uh, of Siegel, our, our 
past points leader, now currently second points. Yeah, I mean, it has uh, been a, a steady climb as Ernie Francis Jr. gets more and more comfortable and a little bit faster as uh, he has been mixing it up throughout the course of the season. And now I see him, Ooh. oh boy, oh, Davey, well, talk about him. the old announcer jinx. Now Ernie Francis Jr. Uh, looks like he has a torn up right side of the race car. Jake Query, that looks to be in your portion of the racetrack around four, five, six, and 7. Front right, Ernie Francis Jr. made contact, and as a result, he is now sitting and he is not moving so the entire field is going to go past him as ernie francis jr the amr safety team is there but as the field worked its way back over the bridge francis jr came to a stop just before that and ernie francis jr just as we were talking about it now has fallen down to the 18th spot oh man hated it happens that way as we mentioned uh, he had been uh, maybe the most aggressive driver on the track making some spectacular passes haven't seen a replay of what might have happened but uh boy maybe that aggression spilled over but uh, his day is done. AMR safety crew there. They're going to hook up the car 99. Davey Hamilton, here's a replay. Uh, right on the tail of Nolan Siegel heading down into turn at number four. They've, those two have been battling quite a bit today. They have been battling pretty good. Turned in. He hit the inside wall. We've seen Scott Dixon do that yesterday. Just barely hit the inside wall. Shot him across the racetrack. Smashed into the outside wall. Getting both right sides. I mean, it's it, it, the suspension's been right front, right rear. Um, unfortunately, day's over. Just the smallest, smallest of mistakes by hitting that inside barrier. Yep, there was a, a pretty uh, defined scuff mark to that inside barrier that uh, Ernie Francis caught. And again, his day will come to an end as he tumbles to the rear of the field. Let's go to pit lane here under caution with 10 laps to go and check in with Ryan Marine. Andretti Autosport has cars running second and third. The president of the team, J.F. Thorman, joins me here on the pit lane. It looked like we were having a battle for the lead developing. What does this yellow do for your two cars that are in podium contention? Well, it brought it in even closer now, so we'll see on the restart what uh, what happens. But uh, for us, I guess it was good. And um, we'll see. Uh, Christian's having a great race, so it's going to be exciting. It certainly will, and an exciting track, that's for sure. Across the board, it seems like this place has been pretty strong on the NTT IndyCar side as well as here in Indy Next by Firestone for Andretti Autosport. It has. It's really provided excellent racing, and hopefully the fans are enjoying it. It's been a big week for Andretti Autosport, too, with Jake Dennis clinching a Formula E World Drivers' Championship just a week ago in, in London. What does that mean to this organization? That was huge for us. It, it took nine years to get there, and, you know, we were there. Michael was there as well, so Jake did a heck of a job, and uh, we're looking forward to defending next year. Any predictions on how the rest of this race is going to turn out? <laughs> I'll leave that up to you guys. Oh, boy. We'll leave it up to the guys on track. I think that might be a safer plan. Thank you, JF. Yeah, don't leave it up to the guys at the booth because the ones yeah. we talk about end up crashing. So uh, <laughs> I feel like we have to take a little responsibility yeah, for Ernie yeah, Francis. Yeah, you baby. know, I mean, he just, you know, when you're aggressive, that's what he has to do. He, he didn't do anything wrong uh, other than when when I say that. He, he, he wasn't trying to even make a pass. He just got in. We've seen Scott Dixon do it yeah, yesterday. Yeah, to your point, one of the best in the business, Scott yeah. Dixon made the and, exact and, same mistake. And, and you can look at the tire mark on the inside, and he barely touched it. I'll be honest with you. I drive the two-seater red a little longer. There's a few times in that corner I'm going, ooh, did I? I get a little close there because I got a longer car. Yeah, right? that I thing's mean, like a limo. It, it just really gets, uh, it's really, you know, you got to cut these corners and do late apexes and doing that. Sometimes you can, you can catch that wall. If you catch at the back tire, it's not bad. It's when you catch the front tire 
on it, shoves that front end across the racetrack, and you have no way of, of gathering up before you hit that outside barrier. So we'll re-rack them once again here on the streets of Nashville. Christian Rasmussen uh, has had a dominant day, but as uh, Ryan kind of touched on, both of those Andretti Autosport cars have looked pretty fast. Hunter McElray was hanging right with Rasmussen, and then again, Louis Foster, who looked pretty fast in the middle portions of the race, he's going to have another chance to gather it back up, restarting in third as the field making their way back across the bridge. Uh, rest of the top five sees Jacob Abel and Nolan Siegel running fourth and fifth, having decent days, Davey, but again, they're trying to run down Christian Rasmussen on the points, and as they run right now, that 22-point advantage for Rasmussen has grown to 45, 45 yeah. and McElray all of a sudden has jumped Abel. Yeah, he, he's jumped Abel and gaining on Siegel at this point. He's only a few points behind. Matter of fact, to be uh, 14 points behind Siegel at this point, so Right now, they're fighting for that second place in the championship. Rasmussen still could be beat. Uh, there's no question. There's enough races to do it. But he has to have maybe a bad race. And Siegel, Macro, Abel, they need to have some good ones. So, Michael Young, they'll be uh, coming down to turn at number nine uh, your way with about uh, nine laps to go. I, I know they're having them accelerate out of turn number nine, Davey, not coming to the start-finish line. I would imagine uh, that's because they don't want to pile it into turn 11 and uh, restart on the front stretch. Well, I guess. I'm, I'm a little confused on where the restart line is. I thought that it was either going to be on the bridge where the start line is or it's going to be in turn between turn 11 and where there's a start-finish start line. And uh, so I'm a little confused. I've never seen it here. I'm not sure. There's not a flag there. It just must be as far as radio. You go through turn nine. They're already accelerating yeah. like the game's on right now. So uh, they accelerate out of turn number nine, and I guess officially we are racing. Yep, green flag is in the air, and they'll barrel their way to the left-hander of turn number 10, the identical left-hander of turn number 11. The advantage for Christian Rasmussen is just a car length, Mark Janes. This is the opportunity for Hunter McElray here, which is eight laps to go. You can look at that rear wing and see objective. Part of that objective is a championship. He is plus one right now in the points in terms of reaching that objective. The objective more immediately is to get himself to the top spot on the podium. Three-tenths of a second already the advantage for Rasmussen as they crest the hill across the Cumberland River and into turn four. So as they come down that hill, that speed, that inertia is there for Rasmussen, and he's got to make sure that he minds his P's and Q's as McElray starts to take a look to the inside. McElray very close to him through turn number seven as they work their way now setting up for turn number eight. Boy, McElray's right there on the rear wing. We have a serious battle for the lead. Christian Rasmussen, for the first time today, is being tested as they work their way back up over the bridge. Christian Rasmussen is the leader, but Hunter McElray is making his presence known. The driver from Copenhagen, Denmark, trying to win from the pole. He's got a three-car-length advantage over Hunter McElray. Louis Foster now under attack for that third position. Jacob Abel is there, but it's your leader, Christian Rasmussen. Three car lengths, and he'll battle of thirds. It's Bob Zone, ready to take place in turn number 10. Oh, Abel just gave Louis Foster a shot to the shorts into turn number 10. Foster's going to return the favor. They nearly bang wheels down into turn number 11, but Abel's going to make that pass. That got awful tight. Move Jacob of Abel back in a podium position, Mark James, as it's a hornet's nest behind Foster with Siegel and Rose sliding left and right. Yeah, he picks up a couple of valuable points in the process. We mentioned he was the one that lost that spot in the battle for the championship. So now let's reset for you, Rasmussen, McElroy, Jacob Abel, the top three. They're starting to stack up a bit behind Louis Foster, although we say that 
Foster now steps out to about five-tenths of a second. The advantage over Siegel, Rowe, Frost, and Lynn. So a whole gaggle of cars lining up behind Louis Foster. And all of a sudden, it is James Rowe that decided to try to take a look to Nolan Siegel. And that is going to cause a problem in turn number six. Because I believe that's Daniel Frost that got punted to the outside. So Frost is going to sit and let the entire field go past. Everything stays at green with the leader, Christian Rasmussen. Just as I say that, Nick, full course caution. That's going to come because of an incident with Daniel Frost that got punted to the outside, exiting turn number seven, wasn't able to set up for turn number eight. Daniel Frost sits with complete dejection as the AMR safety team arrives. And the driver from Singapore bangs the steering wheel, now pops that thing off. He is okay, but the uh, suspension on that car is not... Davey, watching these drivers, it's a game of chicken in terms of when you want to break down in a corner like turn four. Yeah, so what happened, they're coming down off that straightaway. He's bouncing around a little bit, and to be honest with you, uh, that was really his track. It was uh, he, he was ahead by quite a ways, and he just, uh, Lynn, got down in there a little hot, hits him in the side pod, push, there, there, there's just no forgiveness there, and puts him in that outside wall right outside of turn four. That's a one-lane corner. You can only go through there one, one at a time for sure, and and uh, he really had the line, but when he, uh, Lynn just had too much of his head of steam coming on the inside and got inside him. That's where it's got to be so frustrating because it's one lane, yeah. but it's also one of the best passing points yeah, on the track. Yeah, it's two and three going into the corner. It's just going, when, once you're there, you got it singles down. Oh, we see Jagger Jones in pit lane as well. Seeing he was really loose on one of the corners coming off. They have a rear engine calling off that car. Looks like some mechanical problems for that car as well. So Jones tumbles to 17th. Frost now going to be out of the race. He tumbles down to 16th. So so, uh, again, some issues for some full-time drivers here late in this race with six laps to go as uh, Rasmus Lynn collides with Daniel Frost, and Frost gets the worst of it down in turn at number four. He's got his arms folded. Davey, I don't know. He may not be too happy with that. We saw him very yeah. dejected, as Jake pointed out. I was wondering if he was going to gesture towards Rasmus Lynn, but uh, looks like he's going to go ahead and climb in the back of one of the safety vehicles. Yeah, you know, he sure is, and he is dejected, and I have to say, you know, uh, Lynn just got, he tried, I mean, but he just came in there too late. When you get right front to left rear, got to remember, there's no spotters here. There's nobody to tell yeah. Frost, hey, there's somebody inside of you. He just, you know, you can only see so much. He's looking ahead of that corner, and it's really to the responsibility of the car in the back to, to you know, that could not hit you. For example, if you get hit, run some in the back of somebody just on the street, uh, you're the one that gets in trouble. You're the one that controls that, and that's, uh, you know, Lynn just got in there a little hot. Didn't hurt Lynn's car, though. He now finds himself in that seventh position. Actually a good run for him, but just unfortunately just a small amount of contact put out Frost. Race control reviewed it. They're going to deem it a racing incident, so no action taken. Let's back it up, Davey, and about a half a lap prior the battle between Abel and uh, and Foster. How good was that yeah. down to turn 10? I mean, a little contact down there. Yeah, what happened is going down into the, in turn 10, um, he was able, that's able to try to go on the outside of him going into that corner. Kind of got blocked a little bit. He When he backed up, he just barely touched the back of his car. Um, and that is Foster, I'm talking, and just moved him a little bit. Able, uh, Abel was able to dive underneath of him, race him in turn 11 and get by him. Caution number three on the day here on the streets of Nashville with uh, now five laps to go. Let's go to pit lane and Alex Wolf. Jagger Jones on the pit lane tied to the Cape Motorsports team. They think it's a fuel-related problem. He had a misfire under that caution flag, and as he was trying to gun the engine, it was getting progressively worse, so they have the engine cowling off, and also might be some sort of issue with the rear wing on the post. They've put some black duct tape around that as well, so Jagger Jones cooling off right now when they try to diagnose what they think is a fuel-related misfire. 
So we will try to get this one started uh, with five laps to go. Pace car pulling away. Here's how they run. The top ten is Rasmussen, McElray, Abel, Foster, Siegel. That's one through five. James Rowe's been awful aggressive in that uh, bright blue Andretti Autosport car. He'll restart sixth. Rasmus Lynn seventh. Eighth is Kiffin Simpson. Jamie Chadwick's had a quiet but efficient day looking at a career best. Ninth place finish as they run right now. Then it's Reese Gold in the tenth spot. Josh Pearson runs eleventh. Matthew Brabham twelfth. Yuvan Sutter-Morthy making his Indy Next by Firestone debut. He's had a clean day. Runs in the 13th spot and then Christian Bogle tore the front wing off of that car but uh, with some other drivers falling out has moved back up to 14th so Michael Young pace car pulling away they're going to accelerate after they clear your corner but you can set the scene down in turn number nine here with just four and a half laps to go the pace car will pull off midway between the exit of the bridge and the entrance to turn number nine it will move to driver's left and back into position as Christian Rasmussen the driver from Copenhagen Denmark has the field set to make the entrance into turn number nine and we will be set to go racing five laps to go to see who's the winner here on the streets of Nashville and it's going to get tight down into turn number ten Boy, it looked like some brake checking there as Rasmussen has not gotten on the throttle yet. Now he will into turn number 10 with uh, McElray all over his rear wing. They are tight, nose to tail, no room to breathe, and Rasmussen's not waiting around. In fact, the battle for third is on. Louis Foster trying to go the long way around uh, Jacob Abel gives him a hit to the back. Mark James, there you making that waste race track wide to the, on the front stretch. Yeah, that causes Nolan Siegel to have to climb on the binders, and James Rowe, got to give a tip of the cap to Rowe. He has just two top fives this season, looking for his third, the young Andretti Autosport driver. So your leader starts to pull away. Let's go back to Nick Yeoman. Davey Hamilton, yeah. we saw that contact between Abel and, uh, and Foster. Foster, yeah. yeah. Foster yeah. went off into the runoff yeah. area, and Abel's got issues. Yeah, actually, Foster just cost himself a massive amount of spots just trying to be too aggressive. He got, like, upset with Abel. It looked like knocked the nose off of his race car. He could have just fallen into line. That was a bit of a rookie mistake you don't want to do those just you know he was in a nice fourth place spot i think he could have maybe got able back potentially just would have kept his cool and uh and not tried to you know pass where there's really no passing i don't think those two drivers are going to be very happy with each other because they are uh, were right in the midst of a championship up front though michael young the advantage for rasmussen seven tenths of a second over mcelray about uh, on the track about a three car length advantage and these fans have been treated to a heck of a race thus far but the battle is now on for that fourth position as james rowe has closed in on the rear wing of nolan siegel as they make their way down towards turn number 10, the advantage again, six car lengths for Rasmussen. But we take a peek at that battle for the final step of the podium. Mark Jade, you could throw uh, about the blanket over five different cars Abel, Siegel, Rowe, Lynn, Simpson. A lot of drivers coming back across the start finish line. They're all over each other into turn number one. Yeah, and I'm not convinced that uh, McElray is done with Rasmussen. He's been able to keep it around six tenths of a second, although as we say that, it jumps up to eight tenths. But back to that battle for third. Yeah, it's Abel. It's Siegel. Rowe is now fifth. Then Rasmus Lynn. Kiffin Simpson even tried to keep track. You go further back. Jamie Chadwick has now worked her way into the top ten. It's all in the head to turn four. And Rowe is getting very aggressive. Had to back out just a little bit. He was really trying to get a good look at Nolan Siegel for that fourth spot, but had to back out before they went into turn number seven. Leader is Rasmussen. He is happy to have all of this happening behind him because it seems like he's managing to hold off McElray for now. Rowe again trying to look in on Siegel. Michael, it's going to come into your view as they work their way into the bridge. Nick, that's the battle to look for. Siegel and Rowe. Yeah, Davey Hamilton, we've seen a few replays of that uh, dust-up between Abel and uh, uh, 
uh, Roy Foster, yeah. and uh, Abel's going to have to give up a spot. He's going to have to give up a spot. He's going to give it to Siegel City. He's blocking, and, you know, you can only make one move, but I have to say, that's a tough call, really. Now, he, Abel's coming right back after him. <laughs> Let him go by, and he passes him right back. So uh, he's back in that fourth position. He gave it up. Got it right back. They, so, they uh, picked a good spot, yeah, I guess. Yeah, a good spot to do it. Quick Absolutely. on the accelerator, Mark Jades. Uh, Abel goes from third to fourth and then took it right back from Nolan Siegel uh, as they roar across the start-finish line with two laps to go. And he starts to step away just a little bit as Nolan Siegel's trying to keep chase, although Nolan Siegel must be aware of the fact that he has that plenty of company in his rearview mirror. Behind Siegel, it's Rowe, Lind, and even Jamie Chadwick starting to catch up now as the leaders are already setting up for turn four with that battle now coming into your view. Yeah, things starting to wind down now, and Christian Rasmussen is your leader. Four car length advantage over Hunter McElray. Things starting to spread out just a little bit. Rowe got inside of Nolan Siegel. But, Michael, let's go back to the leader. Christian Rasmussen is headed towards the white flag, and again, he is managing as he goes over the bridge to try to hold off on Hunter McElray. Kiffin Simpson in the off here in turn number nine. His day is done. Just two laps remaining. They'll get the white flag this time by. And Christian Rasmussen starting to check out from second place running Hunter McElray. That's about a 10 car length advantage. And then it's about two days back to third place running Jacob Abel. The battle for third, fourth, and fifth. James Rowe is on the rear wing of Nolan Siegel. That's the battle for fourth. Yeah, it's a full nine seconds, Michael. The front two have over the rest of the field. But out of turn number 11, Christian Rasmussen is going to see the white flag. Mark Jaynes, one final lap around this racetrack. If uh, Hunter McElroy's got anything for Christian Rasmussen, it's time to bust it out. Uh, getting to the point to where he is uh, piled up over 250 laps led. Nine top threes to go along with uh, four wins. In other words, Jay Query, it's just the kind of season that one needs to put together if they're going to grab a championship. The lead swells to 1.1 second as he's had to turn four. And it seemed as though when it mattered most in Music City that Christian Rasmussen Rasmussen was able to hit every note perfectly because when he knew that Hunter McElray was ready to make a charge, Rasmussen's car is such that he has not made any mistakes. Setting up now for the final time for turn number eight, two car length advantage. The rest of them well, well, well behind these front two. Michael Young, they worked their way over the bridge, and you are about to see Christian Rasmussen with a three car length advantage over Hunter McElray. How impressive has this young man been thus far? He won on a road course back in Barber, won on the Oval in Iowa, and about to win on a street course here on the streets of Nashville, Tennessee. Christian Rasmussen to turn number 10 for the final time. It is contract season of the NTT IndyCar season, and you always want to be impressing folks this time of year. Christian Rasmussen doing just that. He entered this weekend the brand-new Indy Next by Firestone points leader. He's going to extend that advantage. Twin checkered flags in the air. Christian Rasmussen. Rasmussen wins his third race of the season, getting it done here on the streets of Nashville, Tennessee. Hunter McElrake uh, scores the second spot on the podium, just 1.1 second behind in the second spot. Jacob Abel, a hard-fought third position. James Rowe got around Nolan Siegel at the end of the race. He comes home in fourth. Siegel ends up fifth. Louis Foster sixth. Rasmus Lynn seventh. The career best for Jamie Chadwick eighth. Reese Gold ninth. And Josh Pearson tenth. Christian Rasmussen, your winner here on the streets of Nashville. We'll hear from those drivers when we come back. Again, Rasmussen, McElray, and Abel, your podium here at Nashville. I'm Indy Next Driver Hunter uh-huh. McElray, and this is the IndyCar Radio Network. Uh-huh. Let's go. One step closer, boys. One step closer. Let's go. 
Good job. That was awesome. Awesome. One step closer indeed to the uh, goal for Christian Rasmussen of winning the 2023 Indy Next by Firestone Championship. Again, his third race win of the season. Michael Young touched on it. He's getting it done on all types of racetrack and did a nice job, Davey. I mean, a lot of restarts here. Some drivers behind him showing some pace, and Christian Rasmussen didn't crack. No, he didn't crack at all. Matter of fact, he excelled. It seems like any time a little pressure was put onto him, no matter who, it seemed like McElroy was there a majority of the time, but he was just able to check right out. One that is cracking a seagull. You know, he had a nice points lead a few races back. Now he's losing, lost that points lead and continues to lose points to leader. Now 45 points behind Rasmussen. But McElroy, he moved up one. He's in that third position, still 59 points behind the leader, but uh, but taking a little bit of uh, picks out of it. And, and uh, right now the drivers are trying to find Victory Lane, which is on the outside <laughs> of the racetrack, not the inside. So they're uh, getting motioned over to that stand so they're closer to the fans. And we're going to talk to them momentarily. It might be best that uh, Jacob Abel goes to one side of the yeah. racetrack and Louis <laughs> Foster goes to the other. Because, oh, we saw Foster even pulled up and some uh, gesturing after yeah. the race, Dave. Because yeah. I don't think those two are happy with each yeah, other. Yeah, no, and, and Abel just gave a nice little wave back. You know, he just, <laughs> yeah, like, hey, how you doing, man? So, and they're still gesturing going down into turn nine. But. Uh, and it was a tough call. You know, I mean, it's they're both a, it's, at fault, right? I mean, yeah, Abel's blocking. Foster tried to dump him. Yeah, so he blocked. But it, it, then Foster should have just kept his cool. Yeah, he did. Uh, Abel did a bad at first, but that sure. doesn't mean you need to do a bad next. And he tried to retaliate, had to go through that runoff area, and that just cost him so many times. You just got to, hey, it's a race driver. I mean, yeah. you, it's heat of the moment. I get it. Um, it's not that he did anything wrong. It's just, you know, hindsight, he'll look at this go, gosh, darn, I should have just waited because I was going to pass him anyways. And had to go through the runoff area and just lost a lot of ground. With the win, we're Christian Rasmussen's uh, points lead now. A healthy 45 markers over Nolan Siegel, 59 over McElroy, 61 over Abel, and 78 over Louis Foster. Let's hear from some drivers. We start with Ryan Marine. Well, let's speak with Jacob Abel, who finishes on the podium. You were in the wars today there, Jacob. A lot of close battles, wheel-to-wheel, plenty of battle scars on your race car. Take us through the fight you had there with Louis Foster. Yeah, it was good. Um, you know, we had not the start we were hoping for. We were really hoping to contest Christian there. So um, Louis had a good run. He got around me very aggressively, started slamming into the side pod of me um, on the back straightaway when we're going like 170 miles an hour, which is not a good feeling to be in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that that just kind of laid the groundwork for the, the rules of it, of what happened there. Um, obviously, there was no penalty there. And and I got in a little bit too deep and bumped him a little bit, and we had a good side-by-side racing for the next, you know, few corners there. Um, I guess on on the last lap he tried a retaliation or something for that, and it, he failed miserably. So, yeah, came out on the podium, and, and that's a good result for us. When you speak to Louis, what will your message be? Yeah, Louis and I are friends, so I mean, there's there's no hard feelings there. I mean, it's racing you know we're, we're racing hard it's it's super competitive here and we're all in, in the hunt for a championship trying to maximize so yeah no hard feelings and and we'll move on strong points day another podium for jacob abel he comes home p3 i'll go ahead and slide over here and see if i can grab a quick word with the runner-up hunter McElroy. another podium another top five you are closing in a couple of times on christian what were you missing if you were going to make the move for the win um probably uh starting on pole i mean i mean Great race to Christian, but he got a free gift this weekend. So he did a good race, but if we were on pole, I think we would have been in front too. So I'm happy with the drive. Um, 
it was a great uh, race, good fun, good racing, and uh, looking forward to the next. Yeah, with that in mind, how do you feel your position for this final stretch run with the championship in mind? Yeah, we got to win, man. Um, it's been a hard year for me. It's just it's so much kind of, I hate to say luck, but just so many things falling against us. So, yeah, we're there every weekend, so to come. That is the runner-up today, Hunter McElroy. Let's go to victory lane. Alex Wolf with today's winner. And on this warm day, Christian Rasmussen getting a cold drink of water. And Christian, on this uh, bumpy street circuit in Nashville, is it as a smooth of a drive for the six cars it seemed to be all through those 35 laps? Yeah, we just did exactly what we needed to do today, you know. Obviously, the pole position were given to me, but we've earned it all year. You know, we're leading the championship. We've done a great job. And uh, it's not by mistake we're in this position, you know. So, yeah, race today went great. Car was good. Just kind of tried to manage the gap. You know, we had some good restarts, pulled out a gap, and it was just about maintaining that. So we did exactly what we needed to do and extended the championship. And in extending that championship, the diversity we've shown this year in your wins on the flowing road course at Barber, the tight bull ring at Iowa, and the street course here at Nashville, just sort of assess as we get into the late stage of the season, just sort of your progression and the fact that you just seem to be firing on, on all cylinders. doesn't matter what this series throws throws at you, you're out on top. Yeah, you know, we're good in everywhere, you know. We're good on oval street circuits. Uh, we won at Barber as well, you know. So it's just about continuing that. And uh, right now we're on the right path. And lastly, not a lot of time to arrest on these laurels of this win. About five days, you're back in action on the road course of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway based on what you had there in May. What do you think is the outlook for that race coming up? Yeah, Indy was uh, a little bit tough for us last time around, so hopefully uh, we learned a little bit from that, and uh, and we'll come with a competitive car. So uh, I think it'll be good. It's a great run out there today. Congratulations. Thank you. Baby, you know in the IndyCar series, they have that uh, people-ready sponsored uh, million dollar prize where it's split half and yeah, half with yeah. charity of the driver if you win on all three uh, types of racetrack nobody's wanted an indy car christian rashmi should, should talk to the brass yeah, and they say hey throw a little bone down to the indy next right. series because he's been able to do that and and you know today's outlook at today's race i think was really good you yeah. had a little bit of aggression you had some beat people being really uh you know a little over aggressive some being a little defensive um little, little carnage a um, few mistakes made, but in the day, Rasmussen, uh, McElroy, and Abel all drove really hard. They um, un I unfortunately didn't get a qualify. I think everybody wanted to qualify, but they still put on a good show. And with limited track time, you got to remember they have very limited time with dry conditions, and they raced in dry conditions. They were on the track most of the time when it was wet, and uh, so I think all these teams stepped up to the plate. Uh, obviously, they're professionals, and these drivers they want to, you know, the championships running towards the end, four races left, so. Um, they all want to challenge for that uh, that championship win, and that's where they're, uh, they're heading. But Rasputin has it right now. I think what we just saw was a good preview of what we're about to see, the Music City Grand Prix coming up a little bit later today. Uh, up next for Indy Next by Firestone, these guys are going to go racing five days from now on the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course as we kick off Brickyard Weekend. Uh, should be fun. I hope you enjoy us. Join us all weekend long uh, as we'll be talking NASCAR, IndyCar, and Indy Next by Firestone. Again, congratulations to your podium today. Jacob Abel finishes third. Hunter McElray comes home second. And for the third time this season, it's Christian Rasmussen in victory lane, your winner here on the streets of Nashville. The Indy Next by Firestone Music City Grand Prix on the streets of Nashville was brought to you by Firestone for conquering what's next, the official tire of Indy Next. 
Our driver analyst today was Davey Hamilton. Covering the pits, Ryan Marine and Alex Wolf. Our turn announcers were Michael Young, Jake Query, and Mark Jaynes. Our chief engineer is Rick Evans. Satellite and technical support by Scott Burgett. Master control operations in our Indianapolis studios by Sam Rumpsa. And the network director is Chris Pollock. This is Nick Yeoman. Don't touch that dial. There's more from the streets of Nashville coming up. Join Mark Jaynes, Davey Hamilton, and the rest of the crew for live flag-to-flag coverage of the NTT IndyCar Series. It's the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix, and our coverage starts at noon Eastern on all of these same outlets, and you do not want to miss it. The preceding was an exclusive copyrighted presentation of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network.